we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome to America Out Loud. This is Peter Bregan. And for some of you who are listening, you can see that my voice is improving. Yes, and this is Ginger Bregan. We are all in recovery from COVID-19 or whatever that attack was simultaneously on me, my wife, and uh, Ginger, that is, and and her mom. And uh, we're getting better. Um, We're writing up a storm. We're communicating with the world. And today on America Out Loud Pulse, we have Catherine Austin Fitz. Catherine is a friend. She's one of the very first people when we got into the whole idea of taking on freedom issues and COVID-19 that we managed to get in touch with. Perhaps she can remind me how. I don't know. But uh, oh, she's, because I saw, I saw minds of men and fell in love with you. Oh, <laughs> that is such an important film, an amazing documentary, yes. and it really predicted what was coming right down the line with COVID. Yeah, yes, it's a, it was it was about the mind control going back uh, years by the Dykes, our friends. Um, Melissa and Aaron Dyke. And you can get it on our website. I, I hope think. so. We'll have to make sure that that's still available, including a one hour um, of their interview with me. I know it's on your. In its entirety. With it, that, with, it, it's on your Brighteon channel. On the Brighteon channel. Uh, for, it's on the Peter R. Brigham MD Brighteon channel. But I want to make it more prominent on our website, too. I'll yeah. work on that. Well, Catherine um, has been a huge help to me. She has been trying to get me to grasp the uh, the depth of the banking issues. I didn't get it enough to put it into the first, our most recent book, COVID-19, and the global predators, We Are the Prey. But in my second book, I wrote a chapter on it and fearfully, timidly sent it to Catherine, and she didn't uh, write back, uh, now you don't get it. She this book isn't published yet. The second book he's referring to is the one we're working on now. We may start doing the same thing we did with the first book, which is we may soon start to advertise it, uh, even though it'll be uh, months before it comes out. Mm, Ginger's shaking her hand, I'm sure. But I'd like to do that. And then you can read it as we go along writing it, because... Um, I believe that our obligation is to get this, get the information out, even if it's a little sloppier in the beginning and unedited as PDF. So I, we may be doing that soon, folks. And at, anyway, so Catherine, where are we? And um, do you have, uh, do you want to talk at all about uh, your ideas on that chapter of mine, or you want to save that for a private <laughs> conversation? <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. I th- I think if you look at the bureaucracies that if, if you look at the secret governance system, you know, you, you have uh, within the governance system, the financial system is a very important control line. And you have a couple of, 
key players, the central bankers who run the, the monetary policy and the central banking system, and then you have the insurance industry that runs the you know, the risk management and then the intergenerational equity capital. And of course, they're all related. It's just like owning a house. You have the equity in your home and then you have the debt. But then, of course, you need a good insurance to make sure, you know, in the worst case, you can cover the debt and protect the equity. So, so those interests are very much managed by the central bankers. The central bankers, you know, the the majority of the central banks globally meet regularly have policies, and you know, it's it's basically the famous quote from Rothschild saying, you know, as long as I can control the currency, I care not what you know the politicians do, essentially. And it's because the monetary policy is such a powerful tool because you have one group who can print money and the other group who has to use the money they print, you know. And so so if if one group of people has the ability to print money and also operate above the lawn in secret, then, you know, they're always going to have the power. They're always going to have control. So so I see the central banking system and the changes that the central bankers are implementing now which I call a financial coup d'etat, to be paramount to what's happening. And I think, to me, the pandemic was just sort of a way of uh, re-engineering the economy and the governance model by using healthcare as a pretext. So, you know, the central bankers were just hiding behind the, you know, the health line skirts, if you will, or the health cartel skirts. So, I see the pandemic as part of a fundamental global reset. To go back in history, we've reset the financial system and the currency every 75 to 100 years or so. And I think, you know, the central bankers we know voted on the going direct reset in 2019 at Jackson Hole. And um, and that's what the pandemic was part of. And my point of view is it was just part of you know, a global reset. And and we are in the middle of a global reset. And what's scary about this reset is that digital technology gives the ability now to the central bankers to institute complete financial transaction control and basically, you know, end currencies as we know them. It's very frightening. Yeah, let me uh, clarify some things for the folks. The central bank's uh, almost every nation has a central bank. Ours is the Fed, the Federal Reserve. It pretends to be a government agency to the public, but it is not. It is actually run by the rich, wealthy bankers, and they elect a board for their bank of banks, which is the BIS or the Bank of International Settlements. Now, it's a lot of words, folks, but to give you one idea of their power, the BIS now represented, representing all the banks of the world, including our bank, run by an American at the time, actually was the only bank that worked with the Nazi regime and Hitler. So they had a place to store their their stolen gold and so that they had a place to um, do international transactions. So without these really... Uh, Real predators. These are real examples of what Ginger and I call the global predators. Um, really are using the banks, and um, another part of this, which perhaps um, I can learn something more from from 
from uh, you, Catherine, um, is that uh, there's another separate bank that relates to all these other banks called the um, uh, International Monetary Fund. And it also prints money. Um, they have a special name for the money they print. And they're printing money for the uh, Ukraine. They're supporting the Ukraine with, uh, I think, billions of uh, of, of their, their particular kind of currency, which then can be changed into the currency of any one of the participating banks. So they can change it into um, the pound or they can change it, their, the money they're getting in, into the dollars. And... While we're doing that, let me see if I get this right, Catherine. It's so important to have you here. So while the International Monetary Fund is pumping money into the Ukraine, which will never go to the Ukrainian people, might not even make it to the war effort, but certainly will be skimmed off mightily, if not just seized by the elite. At that While at that point is going on, the central banks try to prevent Russia from using the usual banking methods uh, for funding its uh, side of the war in Ukraine. And and Catherine just told me the other day that actually the uh, Russians have been planning on being ostracized by the West that way for a long time and have been preparing for it and saving gold and stuff. Um, so, Catherine, I'm so, am I on target about how these banks just get in there and support people in the war effort, mainly uh, mainly just pushing money money into the elite, including the military industrial complex? Well, let let me make a couple a couple of comments. So, I I have not looked at how much the IMF has uh, has delivered to the Ukraine, but I doubt it's anywhere near as much as appropriated U.S. government money. No, they were so doing it with the, in collaboration with the U.S. as right. I read about it, and it's a it's a fraction of what the U.S. is doing. Right, right. But the IMF, you know, cycling some in also gives a kind of anonymity that yeah. uh, you, you can cycle it in through the IMF in a way that protects the U.S. from having to disclose. You know, and and clearly, all signals are that a lot of that money is not going to. As you said, the Ukrainian people in the war effort, there's some pretty funny business going on. Um, so one thing I, I wanted to step back and, and help people understand that traditionally, for example, in America, you've had a balance of power between the bankers who run monetary policy and the legislature as the people's representative running the fiscal policy. And what we're now seeing, what we've been seeing is a process where the government's get into a debt trap and it gives the central bankers the power to control both sides. And, you know, because they have the power of the purse, the ability to print money. So I'm grossly oversimplifying, but that's part of what I call a coup because literally we're watching the people's representatives no longer vote for the policies the American people want. They're, they're basically financially dependent because of the debt trap. Now, Let's talk about the debt trap. Currently, the U.S. government, as an official matter, has $33 trillion of debt. Now, let me ask you something. Instead of borrowing that money, the U.S. Treasury could have just issued $33 trillion of currency. 
And if they just issued the currency instead of letting the Fed and the banks issue the currency, we would have zero debt, right? Right. This is so interesting so what you're saying. Go why, ahead. why, why, why do we need them? Well, they need it for the debt to be a controlling factor. But why right. would they want it? For right. them? So, why would so they want you, themselves so, controlled by their debts? Wow. So, so if you want to bubble the economy and do a lot of speculation, keep a lot of things secret, I could see why you would prefer to do it by issuing debt. But you don't need to issue debt. You can just issue currency. And in fact, you know, that's what governments have done. You know, many governments have, have basically run their finances that way. If they need to build an infrastructure project, you just issue currency, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that's number one. So we have $33 trillion of debt, and I would submit we don't need $33 trillion of debt. We're going to just issue the currency. But number two, as of fiscal 2015, there's $21 trillion missing from the federal government. So not only are we in debt, but all the assets, you know, that were financed or many of the assets, uh, it appears, have disappeared. Now, um, if you look at, I say, in, through 2015, after 2015, the government passed a rule called Federal Accounting Standards Advisory Board Statement 56, which says we don't have to obey the financial disclosure management laws in the Constitution. We don't have to obey the financial management disclosure laws we can have a secret group of people by a secret process, which is all secret, simply move whatever they want out of the federal finances and keep it private, which means, and not only for the 24 covered agencies, but about 150 other governmental entities, as well as with the classification laws, big corporations and banks that work for the government. And what that means, Peter and Ginger, is that when you look at the U.S. financial statements, they're meaningless. You have no idea what they mean because you have no idea what's in and out and you have no idea what got taken out or who took it out or why they took it out. And this is, this is way beyond just the black budget was, which was created to protect things like the CIA, right? It, right. This is, this is way beyond keeping a portion of the money secret. This is the whole thing is secret. Wow. The whole thing. Right. And, and what's unfortunate is it means a lot of securities in the U S securities market all the big banks and corporations that are doing the business with the government, theirs is meaningless. If you go, we have a special website for, it's called The Missing Money. So if you go to missingmoney.solary.com, we have extensive documentation, all government documentation um, explaining all of this. And uh, we also have a series of seven briefing papers. I had two attorneys we work with in California, right? Seven briefing papers on all the financial management laws of the United States explaining all of this, including FASB 56. And we have a wonderful article that my attorney and I wrote called Caveat Emptor, which is basically saying, you know, if, if you have a pension fund or retirement savings that are in U.S. Treasury, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to you that, you know, the debt is in your government, but all the assets have been disappeared into some other place? You know, for all we know, we're sitting, they're sitting secretly being managed at the BIS in Switzerland, for all we know. So, so when I say that the government has been operating the finances of the U.S. government outside the law in a criminal manner for, since fiscal 1998, I'm serious. I went to meet with the head of the Appropriations Committee that oversees Treasury and HUD and 
I think it's 21, uh, uh, a fair number of the agencies. It's Treasury HUD and some others. And it, I was talking to the chief of staff to the senator who was chairing the committee. And she said to me, what do you think is going on at HUD? And I was trying to be discreet. And I said, I don't know. What do you think is going on at HUD? And she said, HUD is being run as a criminal enterprise. Now, what that means is HUD is on a matrix structure. And, and if it's being run as a criminal enterprise, it requires the Department of Justice and the U.S. Treasury and the New York Fed and the New York Fed member banks, you know, who act as agent for the U.S. government as depository, but are also the lead owners of the New York Fed. So, so what that says is they're running it as a criminal operation, which I believe, you know, based on all that I document at missingmoney.calary.com is true. The biggest challenge, you know, we have a, we now have a pretty big field of people running for president. The biggest challenge for any of them is to face up to the fact that we don't need a debt-based currency, number one, that's, that's our problem, and that the New York Fed and its member banks have basically been engaged in massive illegal transactions and are operating the federal bank accounts outside the federal, outside the Constitution, outside the financial management laws. Um, and, you know, if you look at the promises that have been made, it's funny, in, 19, in 1999, my attorney said to me, why are you so upset about the missing money? And I said, don't you understand, if we don't stop this, they're not going to be able to keep the retirement ages. I mean, the retirement promises and they're going to have to lower life expectancy. The only way you can balance the books if you don't deal with the financial side is to lower life expectancy mm-hmm. or delay the retirement age or inflate the benefits away or all three. But it's clear you're going to have to lower life expectancy. And of course, that's what started to happen after then. If we started slowly to lower life expectancy in the United States and now in the pandemic, we've lowered it three years. Well, as soon as they, you know, as, as soon as March hit in 2020, I knew exactly what this was. And I told everybody, do not touch touch the, the injection. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Because I knew the DOD was missing $20 trillion. So it was not surprising to me that the entity missing $20 trillion was now responsible for lower life expectancy. Wow. Folks, we're, we're listening to Catherine Austin Fitz and she was an assistant director, I think is the term or something close to that at the housing and urban development at the HUD. And she has uh, had her own uh, investment house. And now I th- you're an independent uh, consultant and investor. Um, and you know what you're talking right. about. So I we, do two things now. So I, w- I was an investment advisor for 10 years. So when, during the litigate, when I litigated with the Department of Justice in the 90s, people kept asking me questions. And so finally I became an investment advisor, which I did for 10 years. And then I converted the investment advisory into an investment screen company. And so I have Solaria Investment Screens as one business. And the other is all my clients kept asking me the same questions all week long. So we decided, okay, well, let's start the Solaria Report. And we will publish answers to all these questions once a week, and then everybody can listen. Yeah. So so we published the Solaria Report, which is, in the Solaria Report is basically designed for people who want to build family yeah. wealth and don't want to be you know, harvested by yeah, we, we the, have to we crops. have to we have to cut out at this point for uh whatever goes on secretly in between our talk sessions. We'll come back to the Solari report and to Catherine Austin Fitz in a very short time.
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. This is Dr. Peter Bregan with Ginger Bregan at my side, who is uh, taking a little time out today and keeping me company. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I get bamboozled when I listen to all of this, but actually I have one thing I would like to say, and that is it really sounds like um, like this is a theft on a huge magnitude that um, Catherine Austin Fitz has uncovered and exposed. And the one thing I keep thinking about Catherine is how we're arming the IRS right now. And isn't that like arming the criminals, those that are guarding the gates of the criminal enterprise? So, so we are arming the IRS. And I think part of it is the way to, uh, the way to deal with the fact that the political system has made enormous number of promises that it doesn't intend to keep is you need to be able to create a, a, a system of financial repression. So, for example, what, one way to do it, traditionally, what, what you did in the last reset during the Spanish flu, so you have the Spanish flu, then you do a reset, and what you do is you throw the economy into a huge deflation, and, and, you, know, and you have preferred banks and non-preferred banks you know, everybody who, who's part of the sort of outsider economy, like we saw in the pandemic, you know, they have no income, so they default on their debt. And, and you get a huge cascade of people who can't, you know, they can't keep their business going, they can't pay their debt, and you end up defaulting them, and then you send in the IRS agents. So, so you have a, a, a process you know, it's the dump in the pump and dump where you dump the economy and you roll up a tremendous amount of assets and you go after uh, uh, people for assets, both for their debt or uh, to give you a perfect example, when they did this to the farmers at the end of the 80s, a lot of um, the farmers defaulted on their debt. So then the IRS went after them for uh, not paying taxes on forgiveness of indebtedness because and they couldn't pay the taxes. They had no money. And, you know, so you send in the IRS agents. Catherine, so, I think that, so, uh, oh, go uh, I think that actually I feel like a, an important lead just got buried there. And that is your comment that the last time everything was reset was right after the Spanish flu. 
which was, I think, that, what, 1917 to 1918, 19. And that's virtually 100 years ago. And it's the right. same exact scenario. Uh, create a pandemic or pretend there's one and whip up the world with the great fear, health and, and health-based, and people who do get sick are weakened and can't protect themselves like they might otherwise, and, and then sweep in and make the financial changes and thefts that you need to make. And so it's right. and a lot of the a lot of a lot of that big structural change came with the Great Depression. So yes. it was a you know, it wasn't a quick process. I will say this, the Spanish flu, if you read the Invisible Rainbow by Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. It was a period when we rolled out a big step up in EMF radiation. Oh and, my God. Um, you know, what, yeah, one of the, I, I would strongly recommend reading Invisible Rainbow because I think that's one question. We're watching a big step up in, in EMF radiation, you know, this time around as well. But anyway, I, I first got onto it. There's a wonderful book called Michael Pye about the economy and life on the North Sea after the fall of Charlemagne. And up and you know through the Middle Ages, and he talks about um, you know sort of the reset that happened after the bubonic plague. You know, so yes, you have a plague, you institute plague laws that gives you control of capital and labor, and then you sweep up and centralize the capital. And he says that's where they got the capital to build Amsterdam and Antwerp and the great ports of Northern Europe. It's a it's a you know, you're resetting the financial system and the currency. I w- I've always wanted to inspire a couple of graduate students to go back and see, you know, if they could really dig in and figure out what the pattern was. I will say this, this time is very different because of digital technology. Digital technology gives the central bankers the ability to enter, you know, to institute centralized control in a way that, you know, was impossible as of 20 years ago. Right. You can't so opt now, out of it anymore. Well, now you're able, if you can implement what they're trying to implement, you can solve the problems that plagued slavery. If you look at the last time they canceled slavery, there were several problems that, that, that plagued slavery that they couldn't control. Digital technology combined with invisible weaponry now solve those problems. And so you can move back to a slavery system where you institute near complete control through um, through digital technology and basically chipping people. We've we've uh, seen that in so many ways now. The uh, the way the um, financial um, uh, strong arm was used on the Canadians uh, who were in the truckers and. Um, uh, that were in the in the in the truckers, <laughs> right? I, and, right. So um, you see, you see exactly what they're planning with the truckers. So, if you go to Soleri and and you do, I have a wonderful article called "I Want to Stop CBDCs." What can I do? So, if you just put CBDCs in the church in the search box, you'll pull it up. And and in number eleven, it says, you know, educate your family and friends. And I give you a list of six videos. There's a lot of times when I talk about this, people can't fathom that it's really this bad. It's like they would never do that, right? And 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 they're wonderful. You know, I chose those six videos because in two and a half minutes or less, they each explain to you what these guys are planning on doing because they'll tell you. I mean, 
they've made it public what they're going to do, including, you know, putting a chip in you. And, and it really is publicly available. The videos are there. They're not long. And it's, there's a wonderful video of the president of the Minneapolis Fed saying, you know, I can see why the Chinese want this because they want complete surveillance and control. But I can't fathom why the U.S. population would allow this. I mean, this is so bad that the governor of uh, the Bank of England, the former governor of the Bank of England, Sir, Sir Merwin King, uh, yeah, Sir, Sir, Merwin, Sir Merwin King has said CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, is a solution without a problem, and it only adds risk. There's no benefit to it whatsoever. I mean, you know, even even very prominent, successful, retired and existing central bankers are saying, you do not want this because we are talking, I mean, they don't use the word slavery, I'll use it. This, this institutes slavery, because once you get a chip in a human's body or invasive technology that can map their mind just using Wi-Fi, you're talking about a lot more than just controlling somebody's money. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know how far away we are from the technology of being able to uh, read anybody's mind, but we certainly can see if somebody is in uh, great distress from their electrical waves. Or You can also track their interests given the way that cameras that look at you mm-hmm. learn to track your eye focus and your attention on different things so that there are programs that enable someone in uh, on the other end of the computer to watch and, and analyze what is attracting the interest of particular viewers. So the good news on all of this is it's, it's not too late to stop this particularly in the United States. Yeah, that's really and, good news, um, Catherine. Yeah, that is good news. So if you go to, that's, you know, that's why I try to be so blunt about where these guys are going. Yeah. Um, because now you, you want to turn the, the aircraft carrier before it hits the iceberg, right? So you got to start turning now. If you go to Solari, uh, we have a wonderful memo called Financial Transaction Freedom. You know, what is it? What threatens it? And what can I do about it? It is a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful document. Right. And we did that. One of the states that we work with, um, one of their officers and state officers said, you know, can you explain in detail what is it? What threatens it? What can we do about it? And I said, yes. And so my attorney and I sat down, spent a lot of time just going through, you know, because you need to know. If I'm an individual, what can I do? If I'm a family, what can I do? If I'm a small group together, acting together, you know, in a, like a Solari, we do these little circles called Solari circles. You know, if I'm a business, if I'm an investor, if I'm a state or local government representative, what can I do? So there are many different points of view. But if we all do the things we can do, you know, we we can set off a revolution. And one, of course, Peter, you know, and because Shinja wrote a great article about it, is use cash. Just dial back all the digital systems in your life. Get rebalanced back into nature and analog systems because, you know, they got to get close on complete digital systems before they can flip the switch. Hard to do, folks, but we actually need to do something to uh, separate ourselves from being completely controlled by the government. It's uh, such a bizarre thing. It's... uh, what is the name of that movie again, Ginge? The, the Matrix. No, the the one where the man is raised 
inside a, a little tiny community, a fake community. Truman's. Truman. Oh, the Truman Show. The yeah, Truman, the Truman Show. Show. I, I've been feeling lately like I'm in the Truman Show, that I've been raised in an entirely isolated environment, which I had no idea that this was not the world, that the world was being run and controlled way beyond anything I was doing. But uh, uh, I, I always thought, no, I'm, I'm just going about a normal life. And it really is that we are living in a kind of a Truman show in which uh, right. the, the, what, I, what Ginger and I call the predators, the global predators are operating banks, operating the military industrial complex, operating the big health agencies and, and the uh, scientific agencies and, and it's all going on while the rest of us are just considered little more than potential slaves, as you've been pointing out. They have okay, no respect so let, at let all. Me, let, me, let me defend the predators for a second. <laughs> because I think, I, I, I think to understand a problem, you know, to solve a problem, you have to understand it. So I spent most of my life or a great deal of my life working with the predators. And what the predators would tell you is um, that the crowd will always vote for the criminal, not for Jesus. And that there's no constituency for financial responsibility. And if you look at the culpability of the, you know, the message from the crowd is as long as we get a check and a story where we can pretend we're good, we're happy to go along with the, with the organized crime and war. And, you know, I hate to say this, but, you know, there have been many people like me really trying to protect everybody and help them understand what's going on. And most people's attitude is I just want to suck up to the guys at the top. I'm happy to go along, you know, and, and if you look at the corruption at the bottom and the middle, it's significant. So, you know, and, and, and the guys at the top would tell you we're in a prisoner's dilemma because the crowd will not support financial and fiscal responsibility and so, you know, the guys in a, in a democratic process or, you know, in the U.S. government, the guys who give them a free money and, and buy them are the ones who, you know, who win. And that's one of the reasons they found it so uncomfortable working in the U.S. system, because there was no way to get the crowd to be accountable. Now, the reason I was working on place-based economics and financing neighborhoods with equity was I felt there was a way to convert you know, so that bottom up, both in the private and the public economy, with financial transparency, you could get people to behave responsibly, and you could get the high productive people to to be the leaders locally and to get the population to support them. So I disagreed with them. I thought there was a way to do it. And when I took them, when I took them all my plans on how that could work and real solutions, um, I presented it to a board of the top pension fund leaders in the country and the guy who was president of the largest pension fund looked at me and said, you don't understand, it's too late. They've given up on the country. They're moving all the money out starting in the fall. And that was the fall when the missing money started, the 21 trillion started to go missing. But, um, you know, there is a way to build bottom-up accountability, but their experience with the general corruption of the general populace, you know, they, they basically found that a lot of people would kill their best friend for, you know, 10 cents. I, I hate to say it, and I can tell you story after story, but, you know, my, the, the corruption in the general population is far worse than we face. Now, you can say the predators got them, you know, tricked them into going that way, but 
you know, I find there's certain people who can't, can't get tricked into going there and don't. So we've got to grapple not just with the corruption at the top, but the corruption at the bottom and the middle. Well, I think that's an overwhelming but good point. Catherine Austin Fitz, it is. It's, um, it's certainly the frustration of all of us who have spent our lives being reformers. I, um, I'm looking at things that I first wrote about in the 1970s, actions I took in the 1970s, and how they are being reversed or ignored. Right. And, um, and it is not just the ordinary folks. It's like the intellectuals who want to look like they're, they've got a new criticism of the psychiatric drugs, for example, will neg- neglect the fact that, oh, it's all been written about and I did all that uh, 30 years ago. They don't want continuity. They just want credit for themselves. And that's a form of predation. It's a form of uh, unethical conduct. And it is just very, very common on every level that uh, people who um, get into, uh, well, it's probably probably on every level. Why don't, we've uh, got a minute and a half, and, um, and then we're going to come back for another uh, 18-minute segment. And I think it would be very interesting in the next uh, 18-minute segment to take a deep breath and just look at something I've always said to Ginger and which she now is outdoing me about, which is that human nature leaves a lot to be desired. That human beings, and the Bible tells us this, and I'm, I certainly don't uh, view the Bible as scientific truth, but the Bible does tell us that... Um, there's a lot, a lot to be desired about how human beings behave and that the corruption is not just limited to the global predators. It is uh, something that the normal folks will participate in. And that's true both on the massive levels of mass murder. I was just reading about the, uh, I guess, the Tutus and the Tutsis. And the the murder, the massive murders committed by the Tutus and how that was uh, uh, done by involving the entire Tutu society um, in the process of murdering with uh, with their own uh, farm implements. And just just how much in human beings, there's just there's just a lot to be desired. There's just a lot of corruption. And um, I think I, I want to go to break. We need to go to break now. And when we come back, let's, uh, let's dare to look at that a little more than we have before. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. 
Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Hi, this is Dr. Peter Bregan with Ginger Bregan, and I'm really glad to be back with you all. And to notice, as I mentioned earlier, that my voice is getting stronger. And that is uh, simply recovery from the COVID-19, probably from the from this war warhead that uh, that's been spread around and uh, uh, the bioweapon, the bioweapon and its various mutations. And also I'm using less medication that can influence my vocal cords. Um, and I'm just glad to be seeing this gradual return. Now, Catherine Austin Fitz, do you want to pick up on this issue, a ginger of? Uh, yeah, of, so. Go ahead, uh, Catherine. So I've told you my building, uh, my um, red button story, I believe. And, yes, um, of course. Well, go ahead. And I would encourage again. every. Well, I, I would encourage everybody to go just go to Slary, look up red button and see it. But it's. It's basically a story of people refusing to confront the corruption because they felt it wasn't in their self-interest. And so there's a contradiction between my fiduciary obligation to my family versus my fiduciary obligation as a citizen to my fellow man. And that conflict is played nicely by the predators. And the way we beat that, in number one, is transparency. And um, I'm very enthusiastic about the current presidential primary campaigns because there's a lot of transparency happening. And that's why transparency is one of the real solutions. You know, the, you know, these guys, these games go on in the dark and the more we can bring transparency, um, it's unbelievably important. We just launched a new curriculum at Solari called Building Wealth. And Building Wealth rolls up all the lessons learned I learned from working as an investment advisor with families about how they got tricked, how they got defrauded, how they got tricked, how they got turned against each other. And the goal of Building Wealth is to teach everyone who wants it, but particularly young people, how to become wealth builders and practice the culture and habits that build wealth over long periods of time. And there's six pillars. The first is your free and inspired life. Everybody has to organize around their purpose, which is really sort of, to me, it's between you and God. And you got to decide what it is. The second is navigation tools, getting an honest map, because a lot of mistakes people make is, you know, they're organizing around the official narrative as opposed to reality. The third is risk management. We're in a war. Somebody's trying to kill us. You know, risk management is number one. And then uh, the 
the next one is living equity, then financial equity, and then the last is called Dirtle Forth about continuous learning and never giving up. But the the key to the building wealth is to to get basic literacy in all six areas together on an integrated basis. You want an integrated world, no multiple personality disorder between your money, for example, and your living equity. And the reason we're doing this, Peter, is I've become convinced that a real way of making people powerless is to teach them the habits of corrupt behavior. And then they can never build real organizations. They can never build real enterprises. They can never build very powerful political movements. You know, basically there's, you know, you train everybody to be small time thinkers and small time mobsters and they lose the behavioral habits of building wealth. So, you know, very much this is targeted at the young people because, you know, if we, if we don't teach our children and grandchildren how to not get tricked by the system and defrauded by the system and then corrupted in terms of, you know, our thoughts and our behavior and our habits, um, you know, then our future, we have no future. And, um, you know, I, I, you know how bad the chronic epidemic, they're the epidemic of chronic disease among children is, but it's not just their physical, they're not just physically diseased, but intellectually and culturally they're being you know, diseased, if you will, or poisoned. And so part of our hope with building wealth is to reverse that. Well, you know, um, the entire educational system now, you're, you're really addressing what's done to the growing young people with the wokeness, with the various, uh, you know, uh, uh, everything goes in sexual uh, gender and sexual activity and right. at can, every age. and. The government schools are not safe. Yeah. So I think one of the main things we need to do is They're build. They're just not safe. Yeah, we have to build more and more private, freedom-loving, right. constitutionally-oriented uh, kinds of schools. There's so many things to be done. You're working on state banks that are separate from the Fed right. system. Uh, right. That's another thing we have to do. Um well, there's huge opportunities to contribute to build, you know, to rebuilding a human civilization. And that's why I think it's really important. I, I encourage all of our subscribers to do a time budget and, you know, go look at financial transaction freedom, look at your circumstance and pick out the things that are energizing for you to do. Because the number one thing you can do, like when you're on a plane, put your oxygen mask on first. We want you and your family to not get harvested by the system. We want to we want to build your immunity so that you don't lose time or money to, you know, being stolen or defrauded. So, so, you know, make you and your family healthy and resilient first. And, you know, because every time the stronger you get, the more you desire, you know, you deny food to the parasite, if you will. So it's, it's very important that everyone focus on doing those things. They, they can do and are energizing them for them to do. But first and foremost, stop letting yourself be parasited. And, you know, by denying the enemy food and making yourself stronger, you help everybody. You know, it, uh, it relates to my own work as a therapist. Um, I do still see patients. It's actually always been the center of my, my professional life since 1968. <laughs> 
And um, <laughs> the um, I sum it up in four primary principles that we have to do. And um, one of them is he's so much more important than ever. The first one's protect freedom. And this was right. this was written before COVID nineteen and such a loss of freedom. It's like twelve years ago, honey. Yeah, and the second one is take responsibility. We have to yeah. help our children, our friends, everyone around us know that they can actually take responsibility for their actions. Yep. They can control Absolutely. their minds. They can learn to control their emotions. They can learn to control what I jokingly call the reptilian brain, where you want to be angry mm-hmm. and hurtful. So take responsibility. And the the third one is express gratitude. Learn to be grateful yep. for what you have. Count your blessings. Count, right. Yeah, count your blessings. <laughs> yeah. And the and the final one is become a source of love. And um, if yep. you're actually doing these things, if you're taking responsibility, it really is pretty much impossible to get crazy and overwhelmed. If you're yep. expressing gratitude, it's hard to be crazy and overwhelmed. And if you become a source of love, it's also impossible, I think, to really get disturbed and overwhelmed. Peter, that reminds me that becoming a source of love, when I had to take you to the hospital and you weren't in an ambulance, I drove you and we got assigned to the waiting room for six hours. And I sat there Mm. with my feverish husband, who most likely had pneumonia, whose oxygen levels were in the 80s in this waiting room crowded with another 30 or more human beings, some of them wailing infants, many of them elder people with gray hair like ours. And and I thought about what I could possibly do sitting there. And I felt like the only thing I could do was just to look at these other human beings and love them because I did not in the worst way want to be made to feel like I resented them because they were there first, they were going to go in first, whatever occurred. So I sat there for six hours working on loving those other 30 human beings along with my husband until they finally got him a room. And it was really interesting, but I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my temper. I wasn't snippy to the nurses. I actually transferred this to the nurses and the healthcare workers and the doctor and And it was a very interesting exercise because it was deliberate on my part. I don't usually think about doing that deliberately. That is amazing. And and of course, I was oblivious. Yeah, you were pretty sick. So she didn't have me for moral support at at the time. I don't know if I even had the strength to do what I would usually do, which is remind her I love her every minute or two. (laughs) No, you were just really pissed. John Rappaport has these exercises, and one of the exercises he has, he proposes, is when you're walking down the street or driving down the street, that you spread precious gems all over the houses and all over your neighbors, and (laughs) you decorate the streets with the precious gems in your mind and the trees, and, you know, I've done it many, many times, and I can't tell you how much fun it is. I love that, yeah. As, as you're going by, you, I bless this home and this household, you know, prosperity. And <laughs> and you just fill their front door with diamonds in your mind. And <laughs> that is anyway, very interesting. It, and that's a, actually a Christian practice. There are Christian groups that go out periodically and just bless the neighborhood and bless the individual. Right. Houses. They walk the neighborhood. You know, uh, something I'm a great believer in community prayer. I think community prayer is a wonderful thing. 
I love that. And, you know, recently I read Naomi Wolf's recent substack about energies, evil and good energies. And she mm-hmm. addresses this idea, this fundamental idea. And it's something that I've carried within myself as a belief for decades and decades. And that is that I've always, my personal theory has been there's energy in the world and you could add to the good or you can add to the bad. And if you add to the bad, it makes things more dangerous and unsettled and evil. And if you add to the good, you just increase that balance. That's a very common thought, I think. But thinking about it for a lot of people. Yeah. Thinking about it when you're driving and somebody cuts you off or when you're doing something else and there's a there's a real or imagined slight that happens. And instead of having that sort of gut reaction where you become angry or feel insulted, to be able to take that step back and go, okay, I'm just not going to let that be my day or even be that person's day. And I'm going to continue to be positive about my life and how things are going. Fill up the backseat with emeralds and pearls. Just fill up their backseat with emeralds and pearls. Uh, and yes, that. yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Another way to, to think about all this is don't let the corruption of the world corrupt you. That's so true, Pete. And uh, this is a right. fundamental spiritual principle. Again, it's, um, you know, it's embedded in um, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You know, you don't don't go parading around the golden calf as soon as Moses disappears up the hill where he's going to get the uh, um, Ten Commandment uh, tablets given to him he'll uh, and and I'm not I'm not preaching a literal interpretation of the Bible here at all but rather the the meaning the the, uh, the uh, usefulness the truth of uh, of these observations um, don't let the corruption of the world corrupt you and that's what happens to people on every level when they start cheating a little, you know, in anything they're doing. Uh, it's um, where they stop neglecting being as loving as they can to the people around them. It's you're beginning to cave into the corruption of the world around you. What an interesting right. span this conversation has had, Catherine. We've gone from <laughs> from this somewhat esoteric uh, discussion of the banking system down to, and it's incredible corruption. In fact, I believe it's intentional sucking of the lifeblood of the planet. I think it's quite intentional. And um, we're going to writing about so, that in the, in the new book, folks, a few months away. Um, but uh, so uh, right here's down. Just a second, because I, I think ahead. there were two issues. The second issue is if you look at the money extracted from the planet for both the, um, by organized crime and war, there is a huge amount of money basically getting extracted. And the question is, where is all that money going? And, you know, I, I would have, you know, if you look at all my research on the secrecy and disappearing money and financial fraud for the last 30, well, really since World War II. What I will tell you, you know, it looks to me from a financial standpoint, like the planet is a REIT and the dividend is going someplace. And, you know, it's not, it's remarkable how well off we are, despite 
the drain. So there's a huge dividend being sucked out annually from this planet. And it's enormous, particularly given when you think the harvest every year, how much the planet just creates and gives us, right? Mm -hmm. So the question is, you know, are the people in charge in charge or are they just the plantation managers and their job is to come up with the dividend and who controls? And that gets us back to, okay, what is the weaponry? So in the Truman Show, you know, Ed Harris is sitting on the moon running the running the program. You know, who controls the watchtower and what is their weaponry and where is this dividend going? And the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very aware of the I don't know. The, so we've been digging, you know, it's uh, pretty pretty deeply into the uh, global predator system and talking with very knowledgeable people like you. And you always end up running into a stone wall. But I think it may be in part that there are multiple, multiple nodules of people and organizations yep, yep. that are sucking this up. And then I think that there are probably people and families we simply don't hear of. We simply don't hear of them. We don't know who they are. Uh, people talk about the Rothschilds or this or that, but um, we don't hear who they really, really are, where all this money is going. Um, right. So the important thing for anybody listening to this is what does this mean to me and what can I do? And I come back to the fact that your time is precious. Your energy is precious. There's, there are hundreds of things you can do, but you need to do that, which builds health and resiliency for you and your family first. So we want to increase your immunity to, to getting tricked by this system. And we want you to be as resilient as possible. So I would really recommend checking out um, the resources that I described. So there's the financial transaction memo. There's a building wealth curriculum. There's the, we have a great article called, I want to stop CBDCs. What can I do? There's a lot of material linked in the financial transaction memo, but go to Solari, you know, check it all out. If you want to know about the missing money, that's missingmoney.solari.com. You can link from Solari, but, but look at it with an idea to what are the things you can do to increase your immunity to being defrauded or tricked by the system. And as you do that, and it gives you more, more strength and energy, how can you use that strength and energy to then do more? You know, it's sort of a sequence. And, um, and don't for a minute believe that it's hopeless. It's not hopeless at all. I mean, my prediction is these guys are going to fail, but we just need to be on our way to building a human civilization when that happens. We can't wait until they fail to say, oh, I need to do something. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much. Catherine Austin Spitz and Solari.com will get you there and to the Solari yep. reports. Thank you. Again. And support the Bregans. Support the Bregans. <laughs> get their books, spread their word. No, some of the greatest freedom, freedom fighters alive today. Oh, Catherine, thank Absolutely. you so much.